get to it. Here we, here we, here we go. Hey there. I'm looking at my friend Ryan. This is Sharon Lisa Botha, podcaster here at Middle Finger Happiness, Work Hard, Live Well, Don't Fuck With Me. And that's the same title of my book you can find on Amazon. But the podcast, um, if you're listening for the first time or if you're listening for the, I don't know, 300th time, it is stories about just regular stuff, shit we go through, obstacles, failures, fuck ups, success, just life in general. And it's just super cool to have you here finally you're very welcome yes as a matter of fact um when i wanted my podcast which was two years ago and i had to wait yeah um then i started in december and i wanted you here in december but i was like it was too soon we had so much going on gotcha. so yeah so um brian i was even in the country in december i think were you because you well, travel I, yeah like Tra- a lot uh-huh um i probably got a carbon footprint similar to the average oil tanker at the moment um <laughs> I should, I should build I should build a forest somewhere. I should plant my own forest, and every time I fly, come back, put three more trees up, and then I could feel you know socially acceptable with the trees. With the trees. So here's what I normally do. Mm. Not that I don't abnormally do things. I do, but I always ask my guests, "Who are you, and, and what do you do?" And and so that's basically it. So cool. welcome. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. And so who are you? Who you be? And what you do? So, yeah. Who am I is one of those questions I've never actually been able to answer. I'm still working on it. So at the age of 53, I'm still trying to work out who am I or yeah. what could I be. Yeah. Um, but I'm Brian. Um, I was born as an accountant. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> you I were was, born as an accountant. I was trained, came out and went, call that a delivery. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sc- Scotland's is fluent in, in two languages. Anyone that's picking up on the accent, it's not Irish. If you want to upset no, me, Irish, no. it's Scottish. It's Scottish, yes. I love so, it. so Brian is spelt B R R R R R I A N. Brian, that's how it works. Brian. So, can you roll your R's in Spanish? I, probably can. I, I can roll my R's, but it's this seat that's preventing it. So, I'm sorry, that's a um, fuzzy seat with a fuzzy cushion. In, in Spanish, maybe we, we learn French more of, more than Spanish, where I come from. I do know. This is what I know in French. Comment vous appelez-vous? Jamais Belcharon, chez moi ou chez toi? Oh, excellent. Yeah. So for those of you, that is, hi, my name is Sharon, your place or mine. That's all. <laughs> that won't get me very far. Well, no, it might. That, many a Frenchman where that would work just a treat. Um, oh, but also, you are a photographer. Yes, and I am. you took a great pictures that are actually on the back of my book. And I can't thank you enough so mm. much for that. No, you're very welcome. Um, but how did you get into photography? Because you are an amazing photographer. And at the end, we're going to announce all your websites and everything. Oh, cool. Uh, no, that's my creative escape in life. It's an Cause, awesome cause escape. Because mo- most of what I do or have done, I, I wasn't joking about the accounting thing. Although I'm not very good as an accountant. Apparently, a sense of humor almost disbars you from the ability to do it. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm very logical, very left brain, very mm-hmm. adding up in science and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Um, and when you're doing that DND out, then you look for activating the right hand side from time to time. Yeah. What can I do that's creative? An outlet. Um, and, and I once, not once, Many times tried to learn to play the guitar, and I have no musical ability whatsoever. Oh my god! I, it's okay if I look at what my hands are actually doing because I'm a desperately visual person. Right. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist. So you can't play like like this no, and just no, like no, no. jam. You have to like look at your fingers. In fact, the only song I ever really mastered was "Horse with No Name" by America. Um, uh, there's only two chords. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was it, oh, and, that, and it's an easy change. So. <laughs> Anyone that's out there that wants to learn a song on guitar, that's the one to go for. Two chords, one easy change, you can't miss. Um, miss But no, the photography, it started when I was about 11 years old. 
Wow. And I remember it because I borrowed a camera mm-hmm. for, for a holiday. Um, my, my uncle, my mother's youngest brother, lent me his camera was to go like on holiday. Was he like the cool uncle? Um, he was the young uncle. He was a lot, lot younger than his than his siblings. Okay, so um, he cut. Yeah, so he, he was, was kind of a, a bit like my youngest brother. My youngest brother's seven years younger than me, um, and it was like it's almost like you think your parents have forgotten what sex is, and then <laughs> then there's another sibling, and you go, "How did that happen?" Hey, that happened. It's oh. like, oh yeah, right. Sangria kicked in. Yeah, and I was it was it was that night. You know, I don't want to know, Dad. Um, so, so he was the youngest guy, but he, he lent me his camera, and it was great. And then I found out that he was also pretty tight that's a Scottish word for mean or parsimonious because the, the camera he lent me he'd used up half the film that was in it Aww. and his idea was I would get it developed and give him his stuff back uh-oh. So what happened? So, so, and I did. It was fine. But that was the that was kind of the first time I was learning. It was just one of these now, little. We talk about throwaways. cameras because I had another friend here who's a photographer, mm-hmm. and for her it was like a Polaroid. Remember the Polaroid? Oh god, yes. So what kind of camera was it for you? Oh no, this was one of these horrible little one ten flat clicky box things. Yes, yes. Okay. That, that was utterly useless. Now but, in Scotland, did they have Walgreens, or how did you develop it? I yeah, mean, yeah you, not not but Walgreens, but same kind of thing. Boots was the big thing. Boots, the chemist, oh, right? Boots. So again, a pharmacy like Walgreens, right. and you'd take stuff along there, and it'd be all exciting. Yeah. But it didn't take me long to go buy a camera that I could really use—a 35 mil film-based SLR. I just realized something. Mm-hmm. Let's not hope that we don't get any phone calls <laughs> because this is still on. Oh, okay. So we have to do a volume two. That's okay. We're just going to keep rolling. Well, if we get one, I'll answer it for you and they can just wonder who but you we'll are. But we have to stop the, the podcast. That's the only thing. I forgot gotcha. to put it on. No problem. That's okay. We're cool. So I moved on to that and, and, and I'll, I'll still always remember taking a photograph of a big old oak tree that I took in that camera oh, because wow. it was the first photograph I ever developed and printed myself. Wow. Now, you know, the, the immediacy of digital, even the immediacy of, of a Polaroid, you know, you've got a Polaroid in 60 you, seconds. Yeah, you got to, no, these are things you had to go and And you drop peel it, it and all that kind of good stuff. Right. But when you develop it yourself, it's like a form of alchemy. It is like magic. Because you're standing there in this dark room with strange smells and funny red lights. And then you put it in the water. And a piece of plain white paper suddenly becomes a photograph in front of you. Wow. And it, and it is kind of like magic and you don't forget that experience. Oh, and, wow. and, it's, and, and it's black and white because the chemistry is simpler and it comes up in front of you and you're kind of just waving this little so piece of... So that was your aha moment. And that was, that was it. That was, this is cool. I like this. So that's what you, that, was, that's, that was it. And that was kind of when it started and that was a long time ago. Um, yeah. and, and like everyone else, as you start to take photographs, you'll photograph anything. If, if it's moving, you'll photograph it. If it's not moving, you'll photograph it. Yes. If, if it's green, you'll photograph it. It's blue. It doesn't matter. And you never kind of work out what you like for, for ages. You just think you need to be good at everything. No. And then eventually, a kind of a style and, a, and an interest starts to appear. What are you interested in? What are you good at? What doesn't interest you? Um, I'm almost ashamed to say there's nearly no photographs of my family. Why is that? We do that to ourselves. Because I don't have that many pictures. Of, well, I mean, I take it back. I'm a little one. The first kid got lots of photographs. By the time the second one came, you're like, eh. You go, me. No, never <laughs> Get the mind. camera. Uh, just, well, just remember. Just remember. Yeah. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> I think it was because, for me, it was like a hobby and an escape. It was my my thing. My little thing. Yeah. So, so it didn't inter, 
interact like with my family. Family, life. like, hey, we're going to take a portrait. I mean, yeah. oh, if any, if anyone wanted anything, it's kind of set up. Yeah, I'd do all of that. Do but day to day stuff, it's like I don't know how my daughter got to be twenty four years old. There is no record of it ever happening. <laughs> all of a sudden, hey, young woman, you're here. <laughs> in fact, at least twice in my life, my, my wife's gone and bought a camera because I am quotes. You're just useless. That's it. I, you you won't take any of these. Aww. So. So but, your, but your photography, because mm. I, I went through your website, yeah. it's really unique. Um, and I can tell some of the stuff has been done in Europe and then some has been done here? Or yes. Has it all been... Yeah, the, the easiest way to tell is if they're not wearing clothes, yes. it was done in Europe. Yes, because there's a lot If they are of... wearing clothes, it was done here. That's what I saw. I was like, ooh, but, but it's beautiful. Like, these are, these are nude women, but not like nasty. It was like beautiful. Yeah. If you look at it as art and that's how i saw yeah. it i was like this is beautiful um and then the black and whites which i think yeah. are amazing i love black and whites and, and i do too um most people shoot in color because it's what they've got um because that's what your camera does yeah, so yeah. why not um i like to think of choosing color as an artistic choice i'll have color in my pictures if there's a reason for having color right otherwise i won't so you like the black and white? I, pr- I prefer the black and white because it gets you closer to the heart of the subject. And not only that, I mean, is this, somebody told me this, if it's a bad picture, you can kind of make it look better if you put it in black and white. Is that true? Punch it to black and white, make it very contrasty, you'll get away with a lot of things. <laughs> you will. Because people are still enamoured by it. Yes. You know, because we don't see, because our life is technical, I mean, the walls around your studio are fantastic, right? right? There's more colour in them than my entire wardrobe. Um, <laughs> This is all the artwork in here. Says the guy in the white shirt and black yes, slacks. Yes, you know, came in all like, corporate. <laughs> you know, but it's it, it's for me it's a choice. If if there's going to be colour in the picture, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. In the same way that if there's going to be a person in the picture, they're there for a reason or a, or a you know you don't just kind of randomly point at things. Um, so, and most of the great masters I kind of really like that their stuff tends to be that. I had okay. I don't know if you remember, but there was a big book. It was a black and white book. Oh, yeah. Dogs. Um, Elliot Erwitt, I think it was. I actually gave that to a friend of mine for Great. Christmas who loves dogs. Um, but when you said you knew who that guy was, I, was oh, like, yeah. so I went and looked at it. That book was freaking expensive. I mm-hmm. had no idea what I gave my friend. But anyway, he's going to treasure it. He loved it. Because um, I found it at a secondhand store for yeah. literally like pennies. It's worth looking. Oh, some of no. these old bookstores and some of these old places. The um, book is three hundred and fifty-five dollars. I picked it up for like seven bucks, and I was yep. like, "What? Merry Christmas to my friend!" But anyway, I was looking through there, and all those pictures are just timeless. That's the word. It's mm-hmm. timeless. Is it because they're black and white, or that helps? No, it really does. Because if you look at color photography, as mm-hmm. it grew, even if you look at color painting, um, the colors changed. The chemistry mm-hmm. got better. That it became more realistic. I mean, you can look at you can look at an old Polaroid from the seventies or, or maybe even early eighties. Yeah, and they get yellowish. They get this funky. They, they kind of they, they grow. They get a patina. They they, they they get a life of their own after they've been yeah. launched. Um, but if you look at some of the things, look old slide film, look old prints. Even if they've been kept really well, the right. colours don't look the same as they look today. Wow. It's just the nature of the chemistry. Whereas black and white, I, I, I've shot black and white imagery in the last couple of couple of months that right. you couldn't tell if I did it now or in 1926 because well, you, there's nothing in it to give it away it just it's there 
when you and I met, it was at the We Feed HTX with my friend Nathan. Who yep. um, I need—he's in Dallas now, so yeah. I need to—I have to come get him to be on the podcast. But those pictures you talk, took mm-hmm. with the street photography—they yeah. were really, really touching. Some were—you could just see the people's face, their their expression. Do you look at that when you're taking pictures, or is oh, it yeah. something where you're like, "I got to catch that"? Um, I look at it. I I study it, but I don't engage with it. Yeah, yeah, because you kept a distance. I noticed that. you were. Con- I'll keep an appropriately respectful distance to the subjects. Right. The last thing that those guys need is some idiot with a camera sticking it in their face without That's permission. That's so true. That's so true, because um, they're living a hard but, life. But li- I will literally objectify people when I'm taking photographs of right. them, whether it's a portrait or a street shot. It's like, you're, n- you're no longer a person to me. You're now a compositional element. So right. I need you to be there or do this or look that way or the light hit you a certain manner. Right. So, and that's, you know, that's fairly psychopathic in its nature. There's no engaging <laughs> with it. There's no, there's no compassion in that. But I kind of no. know that if that's the method I apply, I can get what I need. And then people who look at the photographs, they can engage with them. Yes. They can engage yeah. with the emotions in them, with the situations in them. I just need to get them. Yeah, it was really good. I need good. to get them out there. I've gotten um, a handful of compliments on the, the back of um, my book, and I'll show them to you in a second. Oh, yeah. Where um, one lady who's in her 60s and then another young lady who's in her 20s mm-hmm. said the same thing, and they're both, I mean, the age gap, you can do the yeah. math, but they're like, who took this picture? I'm like, Brian Martin, of course, your website's yeah. on there. He captured the look that I had, and I don't even, was like, you're you're mad, but you're not mad. Yeah. And I'm like, I had, I was in deep thought. I could not even, I was not, um, I couldn't imagine I would be in a position to have gotten a picture so I could put it on the back of a book. Gotcha. So it's like an, yeah. un, 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 what's the word, surreal. Uh, Serendipitous. Serendipitous. You're going out for one thing and you got something else. Exactly. And so she's like, that's the pictures that represent a lot of female so mm-hmm. to speak so so when you go to do your photo shoots where did you do pick these places or do the people pick them or it, it depends on who's kind of in charge some around here houston's been great houston's oh. got a really active scene with lots of people mm-hmm. and, and they're loads of friendly folks um so sometimes there'll be a set and there'll be 30 or 40 people arrive at a location mm-hmm. um especially with these murals oh yeah they're all over the place the murals and and some of the treaties and some of the down even some of the just downtown stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I've also gone to shoots like that where literally someone brought a whole studio with him. And he brought a plain background and a bunch of studio lights and he stood it up in the middle of a park. And for the life of me, I could not get that. It's like, you came to this location wait, wait, wait. that's got stuff going on, on and then... you brought a plain grey background with you. <laughs> okay, uh, whatever floats your boat. So that's what they, did they know ahead of time though? Oh yeah, because he packed a car full of this stuff. He knew where he was going, but anyway. Oh, wow. His creative choices. That's crazy. For me, yeah, I'm always looking for how the person interacts with the space. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, if yeah. you take some, whether it's in here or out back, you know, I'm looking for something in the space that makes sense, that yeah. can tell a little bit of a story. Because mo- most of the photographers I meet can be very technically strong. Um, but there's a story. But they miss the narrative in their pictures. Yes. You look at the picture and go, that's a picture. That's of a person. Right. It's telling me nothing. Right. They're a very pretty person. But then those pictures are there, like, again, the street photography was really moving. Yeah. So and, and they can be, you know, you, you take care with that. But the whole point for helping out Nathan and We Feed HTX mm-hmm. was to try and get the message out further. Well, I think he's going to do it again. I yeah. think this November, I think I have to, I've been in touch with him. We need to, 
like my friend says, circle the wagon around. Yeah. That's a Texas saying, but yep. come back and say, are we going to do this again? So I'm sure he'll let us know no. now that he's in Dallas. And um, what else was good? Oh, so we are on topics that we said anything goes. Yeah. Um, so how do people approach you with this cool accent when they hear you? Do they do they ever say anything? Well, like you said, they think you're Irish, but yeah. they're just like, what's the first thing they say? You, you get lots of things. You kind of get, you, you get <laughs> first of all, you get the look. When the eyes start to dart backwards and forwards, because um, you think of Braveheart, I think of Braveheart the oh, movie. <laughs> the number of te- the number of people that have said to me, Braveheart, was that true? No. And I just go, aye, aye, oh aye. <laughs> what um, is aye? Mostly, no, it's not true, right? Um, but there's enough of it true to be fun. Okay. Plus, it's it's great PR for Scotland. Okay, it is. But but if you want to, see, but there's a couple more stories. There's the Outlaw King, which is just out. It's about Robert the Bruce, and it kind of yes. follows on. From Wallace's time, right, and that was on it, Netflix, wasn't it? It was. Uh, well, say the say the name of it again. The Outlaw King. The Outlaw King. Do you know? I, I watched like the first two episodes, and I didn't go back. And, like, oh right, they've turned it into a motion picture as well. Oh, is it? It's I a didn't movie know that. too. Oh, I saw it in a plane. I see everything on a plane. It, it feels like. And there's That's another cool. one, Mary Queen of Scots. Yes. Saoirse Ronan. That's also a really good story. But see, you said Mary, not Mary. 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 And Mary. for Spanish, it'd be like Maria. Yes, there's, there's M A R R R Y. Lots of R's. Lots of R's. Lots of R's. You can't have enough R's in Scotland. That's the truth. In fact, in fact, one of the reasons that my wife claims she fell for me was the way I could say the word brilliant with five R's in it. Five was, R's. Like, That's magic. It's brilliant. Um, but all of those, I mean, Scotland's got a huge amount of history, and it a does. lot of those historical times are around at the moment. But um, but similarly, you know, a century ago we were inventing things like penicillin. Can you imagine? And you know and and building bridges that were the biggest in the world and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing um, because, you know, here the U- the United States is, what, 220, 230 years old? I mean, yeah, I've, a, I've, I've stayed a... in houses that are older than that. <laughs> I mean, literally co- stayed in houses that are older than that. Wow. It's a young it's a young country. It's a very young country. Compared to everything in Europe. And, and it's, it's still a frontier mode, to be honest. Yeah, but, it um, really is. No, how do people approach me? They'll, they'll, they'll ask, you know, where's the accent from? That's, that's, that's the, the first thing. That's the I don't know. Um, sometimes anyone that votes Scottish, anyone that goes straight out and says, "Is that Scottish?" gets like big hugs and extra tips and all sorts of things. Because they'll say Irish. What, is the, what other uh, have other accent have they? Uh, uh, bizarrely, mistakenly? someone once said Australian, and for the life no. of me, I can't. No, really. No, I know Australian accents. I, I can't they're, imagine that one. They're but, um, they're very. Um, you know, in Australia, if they call you a cunt, yeah. it's a it's a uh, it's a what do you call a it? A term of endearment. It is. It, it's it's a flattery. It's a what was the word? I can't oh. find a word. It's a compliment. Yeah. No, oh, no. It's kind. a very expressive word. I like using I'm it. Like, and everyone I come from likes <laughs> using it. My mother still doesn't think it's an appropriate. No, line. I would think not. But, but you're like what? But you know, I mean, you know, he, it, he's some cunt. That would be a classic Scottish phrase for what a fine fellow that is. <laughs> like no, it just is. You know, and, and where I come from, you have to remember that it's you know a cunt's a useful thing, right? <laughs> Unlike. Perhaps the current incumbent of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, who, who tends to get mistaken for one. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, it's one of those words. It's like you know, it, it, it gets used on both sides of the fence right. quite easily. So, depending on how it's said to you, right. it's one of those classics. If you saw it written down, you'd be offended. But depending on how that sportsman well, says how it you to say you, it, then you're you like, can go. Oh, that's that's that's, jolly, that's, that's kind of fine. funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're we're quite like that. What kind of words have you had that you have you said mistakenly that w- were taken wrong? Over here. Over here in Houston. 
I mean, of all places, Houston, Texas. Now, te- actually, it's not too bad around here. I'll, well, it's a really multicultural city. It is, it and, is. It, and, it, and it's been a lot of fun. It I remember is. going out one night, we're taking some photographs, and we're sitting at, sitting at a table in a bar just at the end of it. <laughs> and, and literally, there was a Venezuelan, an El Salvadorian, a Mexican, a French woman, and me. <laughs> sitting in a bar. It sounds like the start of a joke. But, but yeah. <laughs> right, you know, yeah, it, yeah. As, as multicultural <laughs> cities go, you know, it was like, wow. So everybody's at the bar. Yeah, and then, and then we kind of, you know, we're just chatting away about the day we've done. So it is really multicultural. I think there are some words which are charming in that they have different meanings in different places. Oh yeah, for certain um, things. That you and I'll hear. always, I'll always remember when my my wife said to me that before I met her father for the first time. By the way, he tends to wear suspenders quite a lot. He tends to what? Tends to wear suspenders. Okay, suspenders for your pants. To yeah. hold your pants up. That's old timey. That's yeah. not what they're called in Scotland. What are they called? Oh, I see. Suspenders in Scotland are a garter belt. A garter belt? Yeah. A piece of ladies' underwear. Suspenders. Oh, wow. Right. So you can imagine how that first meeting felt. <laughs> I kind of kept looking at his pants going, really? I can't see anything under there. Okay, so but, oh, so what, do you, what would you call suspender suspenders? We would call them braces. Braces? Which you would call things you put in your oh, teeth. Your teeth, braces. Yeah, yeah, braces for your teeth. And it teeth. goes around in circles. Oh, my so, goodness. So we get lots of that using a, a word that means the same thing, but it's a different word. Right, right. Or, or using the same word and they mean two different things. That, I think it was Winston Churchill once described the UK and the US as one nation divided by a common language. Right? <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. it's, that, it's that kind of gig. And, so, and today I was on your Facebook page and I saw these little, and I go there, not like I'm lurking, but I am lurking. And I went over there and I was like, you have these little things that, Certain things you say in Scotland that yes. sound different in so talk Scottish. Yes. yes. Uh, so the, when you have those baskets, we all get the basket from H E B. It's yeah. all wonky. I say wonky, which is I think is from the UK. It could be. Could Sounds be. English. English. So I always say that's wonky. Yeah. So what were you calling it? You were calling it a oh um, sugly. Sh- what? Sugly. S H O O G L Y. So a sugly basket. Yes, because it because it 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 sugles. It moves. It, it moves in an erratic manner. I'd be like, get a fucked up basket, go get another one. In, 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 this, in the <laughs> same way that if you're, if you're playing a game of dice. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Um, to, to, to mix the dice up before you throw them, you sh- we would also use the word shugle. Shugle the dice and throw them. Shugle So it's See, about now, shaking. That would be a little bit of a drunk word for me after like too many drinks. And you'd be like, shugle them, shugle them, shugle them. Well, actually, once you've had too many drinks, you get shugly as well. <laughs> I'm sure. Because you, you start moving in a slightly erratic manner. And oh, yeah. Because in Scotland, I think I think words for drunk is a bit like Eskimos having words for snow. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, some of my favourites is you, you would get bluttered. Bluttered, right. Bluttered. That's that's very drunk. Or, or you know. And why is it Scot- Scottish people have this, I want to say reputation, but they're known for drinking. We like do. Pubs. Like, they're just like, why? What? Because because it's true mostly. I come from a nation of alcoholics. Well, not not no, we don't really have a problem with alcohol, but we don't really have a very good relationship with it either. Really? I mean, so. the, yeah. I'm, you know, you live in a country. As I'm got, as I'm sipping on my sangria here. Yeah, have, yes, have another glass of that. I'm gonna have another glass like, in a minute. <laughs> you, you're in a country of five million people, so that's mm-hmm. about the same as the sort of metro area for Houston, that's right? Houston, Houston's okay. at six million, yeah. But but Houston oh doesn't have four hundred distilleries in it. Oh my God! Can you imagine? If yeah. We, See, we, we can't should. make wine, but we can make whiskey. 
there's literally hundreds of distilleries in that space. And then what's the drinking age? Or do they have it like we do here, like over here well, it's 18? Do you want the legal 21? age or do you want the practical age? Because they're very different. I mean, I don't know. It's so the legal age in Scotland is 18. Okay, you can 18. go into a bar and, and buy anything you like at the age of 18. 18, okay, cool. The practical starting age varies, but it's about 15. 15. And it's not like the French. It's not like in a family scenario where oh, they, yeah. they gently introduce you to alcohol. Yeah, no, yeah. this is the sneaking around with fake ID, going into bars, <laughs> pretending you have a deep voice when you're 15, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I still remember the first bar I ever went into. I hope my mother's not listening. Hey, um, there was two of us, we were 15, and we had got all of the myths about getting served at a bar. Wait, 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 you got meth? Myth. M-Y-T-H. Oh, the myth. No, getting meth would have been easier. <laughs> like, you got meth? No, 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 that, that was 17. That takes a while <laughs> to get like, there. no. And it, it, so it's everything it's from, it's about how you dress, to how you walk, to oh, how yeah, you yeah. speak. Oh, yeah, yeah, getting ready to go in the bar. And you got to remember, at 15, the average teenage boy's voice is breaking. Yeah. Give or take. Yes. So you go in, you know, ordering two beers in a falsetto doesn't usually work, you know. Such a delicate waste. Two pints of honey, please. <laughs> and they kind of look across the bar at you and they go, sorry. Go, <clears throat> two, two pints, two pints, please. You know, and it's like, and they'll kind of. Did you kinda, get them? Did you get oh, them? Oh, yeah. Well, mostly because that bar person on the other side yeah. was you five years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm they like, just go, aye, okay, sit in the corner, son. Let's yeah. make sure nobody sees you. Yes, Thank, you're like, here, just much. drink it. So what, did, what happened? Did you what? guys get drunk? No, didn't actually like the beer. Because it, it was bitter and nasty. And See, this is before Alcopops. So this was a heavy ale. Oh, Which is dark. typical. Dark, heavy ale. Like the ale. Scottish ale. That Absolutely. Ro- oh, yeah, we had one the other day. I think I shared that with you. It was really strong. And the thing is, after, after you know, three or four hundred, you get used to it. But the first couple are a wee bit challenging. Because it's, yeah. it's not in your palate. So yeah. you sit in the corner, you drink it, and you pretend you like it, and your friend pretends he likes it too, and then you go and get something sweet, you know. But you, nobody threw up, nobody got no. sick. Nobody didn't drink that much. That much, yeah. I was like, that happened oh, later. No. Gosh, no. Um, I think, when was my first drink? I'm trying to think. You know what? I was pretty. I was a pretty good kid. I was like 17 also. Hmm. I think I was about 17. But my uncle would send me and my cousin to the 7-Eleven corner yeah. store to buy his cigarettes and his beer. Mm-hmm. And we were babies. We were yep. 11, 12 years old. And they would do it. They would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yours for your uncle. Yep. You can't do that now. No. It's a terrible thing now. <laughs> but then again, it's cut down the amount of child labor of uncles going, right, away and get me that stuff. You'll get that because I'm too drunk to get and out of And you can the keep house. the two bucks a change. Thanks very much. Yeah, but you know, and then we're like, we would keep a beer and sell it to someone. It's just crazy. So that's where the that's the, the question I had about the Scottish and the drinking. And oh, so, yeah. So what other things have you found here in Houston that are not quite the same, but they're they're the same. I mean, because people are people at, at the end of the day. And Yeah, you're absolutely right. People, people are the same. It doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. And, and the more I've traveled, the more I've realized this. But everybody's just trying to get by. Everyone's yeah. just trying to have a little bit of fun. Everyone's got a family they love, right. friends they like, right. jobs they hate. It, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. And a beer to drink at the end and, of the day. Beer they drink. <laughs> and, of and of course, you know, over right. here, a lot of the American beer has already been passed through one human being before it gets to you. That's why it looks that way. But... <laughs> But no, it's a great, a whole bunch of microbreweries and stuff in Houston, which is fantastic. Yes, and even Nano. I just discovered the Nano breweries. I didn't yeah. even know about that. So a Nano brewery is somebody 
that makes five gallons a week and yeah. they sell it. I didn't know that. So there's five. little... See, that wouldn't happen in Scotland. Five gallons a week's only just enough to survive on. <laughs> that's that, that's a personal <laughs> ration. Right? That's a little ration of... It's like 40 pints, seven days. Yeah, that's about a ration. Oh you know, my that's, God, that's a lot. I'm thinking of a gallon of milk. So imagine five of those. So there's nano breweries, micro yeah. breweries, but that's the whole thing that's happening right now with Houston is the brew thing. And yeah. whether it's coffee or... Uh, um, I need to introduce you to Grateful Day Distillery. They're the only rum distillery oh, here right. in Houston. Yes. Okay. Um, if you're listening, I need to have you on here. No, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, but he had uh, a grand opening was about four months ago, mm-hmm. and we went, and they actually had a barrel of rum that was from the Prohibition time. Oh, really? Yes. That's about what? So it was kind of eighty-year-old bottle of rum. It was old, so we had some of that. It was really interesting, hey, but was it was all made. It was, you know what? It was smooth. Yeah. It was not like you're coughing, and it was just no, a no. sip. But well, it, the woods had a long time to work on it. Say that again. The, the wood <laughs> of the barrel has had a long time to work on it. Oh yeah. Because you know it sat there for the, years. The nature years. of where I where I come from, I've been in more than one distillery in my life. Ah. Um, in fact, we went on holiday one time to a tiny little island called Isla. And if anyone Googles it, it's I-S-L-E-Y. And it's on the coast of Scotland? It's off the west coast of Scotland. Okay. It's about three miles long and has 12 distilleries on it. What? Oh, yeah. That's so what they just, do. That's all the, the, it's a distillery island. There's distilleries and sheep. And I think the sheep are slightly drunk half the time. I would imagine. But it, it's a cool little place. And you go there and, and you get used to the idea of going to visit a distillery at 10 in the morning. And you, you walk around, you stick your head in the mash tun, and it clears your sinuses like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I can imagine. Um, and they give you whiskey, and you're going, it's No, it's pa- 10 a.m. quarter past 10. Well, if you're on vacation. Well, day one, it's hard. But by day two, you're ready for it. You know, <laughs> by day two, you've, you've had a hearty breakfast. None of this. A yogurt and an apple. No, no, no. No, no, we're talking some some I, food. I'm going drinking at 10 o'clock. I'd better be prepared. Better be prepared that to kind eat. Of stuff. I remember getting on an airplane. We went to Mexico. I've been to Mexico so many times, mm. like 40 times. But the first time I went, it was Aeromexico. Right. You get there. They were giving tequila shots in the airplane. Uh-huh. It is like 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. And then you, when we landed, it was 9 a.m. And they're making margaritas in the airport. Excellent. Let's make it. That's a friendly. I would fly with them again. Oh no, because the seat was loose. In front oh, right, okay. You're <laughs> but thinking. it's just crazy to have drinks that early in the morning. They're These good, are they're good on the tequila, but they're not so hot in the maintenance. Yeah. No. Probably, no. You no. see it every airport in the world, but especially Glasgow or Edinburgh. I'll get on the red eye. I get there at half past five to get on a six o'clock flight. Right, right. And there right. are people in the bar three pints in. Already? Well, because they're going on holiday, and it starts as soon as you hit the airport bar. That's the rule. So they don't care. They're just like, hey, we're going to... No, I'm going to be hammered before I get on the plane. Oh. And then what if you have to throw up or pee or I don't know. Oh, oh, no. We're, we're good at keeping it internal. Remember, Scots <laughs> people have a, a habit you know, or a reputation for being mean. So we give nothing back. No, no. Once, you, <laughs> once you've got it, it's mine. You're having none of it back. Oh. But no, you, you'll, get, you'll get that. And it's, I, always, I always get to the airport and I'm standing in the queue from my gate. Yay. Looking at the gate to the right, who, who are all going on holiday somewhere. Right. And so I keep they're thinking, happy. They're happy. I wonder if my boarding pass would work in the other queue. I wonder <laughs> if I could just, you know, <laughs> if I just step one to the you know, phone the boss and say, I got lost. I don't know what I'm, I'm now in, I'm now in Cancun. I'm, I'm Brian. I, I don't know how I got there. <laughs> I'm a photographer. Fabulous. My name is Brian. Yes. Let me photograph you. <laughs> yes. Sit over there. So no, no, people are people are people are all the world over. It's and and it's great to just bump into them and see them. Um, so Houston, Houston's been interesting. The bigger culture shock for me about Houston is yes. just how big it is. Big city, it's, lots of people. It's very spread out. It you is. can drive 
for an hour and you're still, you haven't even made it outside the loop. No, you're right. I mean, it's crazy. Today I took a picture and I'm like, everybody can be so nice, but then at five o'clock, everybody turns into El Faco. Yeah, I know, I saw that. <laughs> I, 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 was, that I, I was living that experience on the way here. I was like, no. But, but I mean, to give you an idea, in an hour, I can go from one side of Scotland to the other. What? What? So if, if where, I, where I used to live in Fife, um, or Edinburgh, which is the capital of Scotland, it's on the east coast of Scotland, it's okay. at the mouth of a river. Well, how many miles is that? I mean, well, it's is about it... 45. So 45 miles by... Yeah, if you go across the belt, the middle part of Scotland, what we call the central belt, where most of the people live, okay. from Edinburgh to Glasgow, about 45 miles, river to river, yeah, an hour, you're done. Dude, that's like from here to Wharton. Yeah. Or Rosenberg. Oh, yeah, it, you're done. That's that's the width of Scotland where most of the people live. What? Oh, my God, I, I gotta go. I remember going, I go. going on holiday when I was a kid. We would go down to the, the southwest corner to a, a park called Ayrshire, and you would do the classic, are we there yet? You know what? It was an hour and ten minutes to drive <laughs> to go on holiday. <laughs> so it's vacation time. We'd, go, we'd drive an hour away from the house for two weeks. Right, that was that was a Scottish vacation. What? Oh my god! And it's like you know, you guys don't know what two weeks together look like as a vacation. No. That, and that's one of those oddball things about Europe versus oh here. Oh my god! Have you ever driven from like we've? I've driven from here to Seattle. Dear Lord. So just to get from here from Houston, just to get to like I believe it was Amarillo. Yeah. Up by was the whole day. Oh, the yeah. whole day. It's 26 hours to get from here to uh, Denver. We're yeah. going to Denver. G- but give you an idea. I got home from Kuala Lumpur in 26 hours. From Kuala Lumpur to Houston to IAH was 26 hours as well. Right? On it, on it, on several airplanes. No. But nonetheless, you can go halfway around the world in 26 hours. No, no. I am not driving 26 hours. We're still driving in Texas and you're like driving. Oh, I've done that for we my dad was in the Air Force and the Army so we traveled. Oh yeah. Uh, air, so you got Texas, Arizona, New Mexico or yeah. New Mexico, Arizona, California, all of California, Oregon, all the way up. Washington and then even into Canada. Okay. I've done that trip probably 10 times in my life as a wow. kid. How long did it take? Two, four days. Okay. Days, four or five days. At least days. you weren't rushing it. We weren't rushing it. No, my parents were like, oh, let's stop. And they'd stop and we look at stuff. But I think everybody should drive across country one yeah. time in their life. No, that's true. Because um, it's a fantastic experience. It's a learning experience. Yeah, I mean, you see I th- things. I think the furthest I've driven was maybe Huntsville, Alabama to Indianapolis. That's a long drive too. We drove up that um, because Anita's from Indianapolis. So... Early on, when we were dating, she was living in Huntsville. What is and that? Like sixteen hours, maybe? It, it felt like three or four years, but <laughs> maybe that was just the company. Um, but no, no, it, it, yeah, it was. It, it was a day That's and a, a bit. Long in fact, drive. on the way back, we got to that stage where I was reading a book by torchlight to keep us both awake. You know, oh, reading shit. out loud, and then we went, "Yeah, I don't care. That hotel will do. Let's just pull over." Oh we're yeah, oh yeah, we've done that too. But well, no, but it's uh, yeah. Texas is a huge. Well, Texas, I think. Next to Alaska, yes. This is what we were the largest. We were actually our own country at oh, one no. time. That's one thing I've been learning since I got here. Yeah, a lot of the history stuff. The history so of I've, Texas. I've become a Texas Trail tourist kind of thing. Yeah, we were like the Mavericks. We were like, screw everybody. We're going to be our own country. I and really, um, I really find it funny that you know Texas became part of the U.S. because immigrants from the north came down and stole a part of Mexico. They did. I just think that's hilarious. It is. When you look back at it from now, yeah, it's like okay. But, but it's like, <laughs> fine. And, and I've had many a Texan say to me, remember, we're in a unique position compared to the other states. We were a country before we joined it. We can leave again. 
Nah, and it's like, again. yeah, yeah I think were. there's a bunch of French guys in Quebec say something similar about Canada, but it's not going to happen there. And either. also to Louisiana, because Louisiana was owned by the French. That's right. And actually, to this day, a friend of mine, I hope I'm, you correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, mm-hmm. but somebody told me, like, if you get divorced in Louisiana, yeah. the men own the children. Like, they own the kids. Like, you have to fight to have. I know there's I a kind of Napoleonic that. code basis to Louisiana law. It's different from the rest. Most of It's still around. Most of the states will have an, an English UK type basis to its common law code. Right. That's the nature of right. what you want. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's Louisiana's a, whole, a bit different. They're very, have you been to like New Orleans? I've not been to New Orleans. You've never been to New Orleans? Nope. <gasps> not oh. been yet. Mm-hmm. There my, you go. It was fun, crazy. I will. My brother went in fun, Mardi Gras one year. He was visiting a friend. Oh no, Mardi Gras crazy. crazy. And, and he went down and he just walked around in his kilt in New Orleans at Mardi Gras he said it was like shooting fish in a barrel he was single at the time I'd like to point oh, I can imagine that. to the listener we went to <laughs> we went it's been a long time it's been 18 years but we went with a group of six people and this yeah. is how crazy it was we were told and Philippe and I were just dating so you hook your finger onto everybody's belt loop yep literally couldn't feel the floor it was a crowd of oh, people oh one of those one of those that's the ice gotcha. cubes but it was crazy because I mean you're standing there and there's just just people just it was I don't know if I would do that again no that's, that sounds crazy. a bit mad yeah it's, it, it's kind of funny I've been to Rio, Rio quite a lot been to Rio Rio 14 Rio de Janeiro yeah 14 15 times how is that well I thought it would be really I, I, again it's like everywhere in the world there's a whole bunch of nice people there and I bump into them and they're friendly it's great maybe I'm lucky but it's your accent but the, but the other, the other <laughs> thing is, I keep, I keep trying to organise to go down during Carnival. Mm. And and all of the locals that I meet with go, no, don't do that. It's like, what do you mean? It's Carnival. They go, yeah, don't do that. It's just craziness. Because it is. It's like you described New Orleans at Mardi Gras. He said, no, no, this mm-hmm. is nutty. You don't want... In fact, no, it's mo- like most it's... of the residents I know hate Carnival yeah. because it just destroys the city for a week. Well, not only that, we were walking and my friend had her strap, her, her little purse. She went like this and all she had was a string. Somebody cut, cut it off. her purse. And I'm like, oh, I had my money in my shoe. Yeah. Like, that's where my money was in my shoe. She's mm. like, how come you didn't tell me? I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. I thought everybody knew. But I thought you were a grown up. It's like, oh, so then I was buying drinks the rest of the night because I had money in my shoe. But no, it is a, it's craziness. So with that said, um, I'm curious as to what's next for you. What are you doing next with your, your photography or? Honestly, I'm not, I'm not completely sure. I've been, because I've been running around so much, I've not had time to think. And I'm more of a planner most of the time. I plan shoots, I'll sketch out ideas, I'll work in ideas. So I'm probably going to have to, you know, get a few more nude Texans lined up. I think, I think I'd like to get back to some of the kind of art nude work I was doing, some of the black and white sculptural work I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever see photographs by a guy called Bill Brandt, yes, he's kind of one of my idol types. Okay. And I think I'm going to take some of my photography back to that. I've been having a lovely social time with it in the last year or so. Right. Um, where you kind of turn up and there's a bunch of people that want to be photographed and a bunch of people that want to take photographs and you right. chat and it's all kind of cool. Um, but I think some of it needs to get a wee bit more serious again. Or a bit more studied. Serious makes it sound very po-faced. Yeah. Maybe, what was that, poor-faced? Po-faced. What does that mean? Um, it's not like shit-faced. Is it? It, no, it's closer to s- sour-faced. <laughs> it's another Scottish thing. 
Um, it's it's when you know someone who looks far too serious, like oh yeah 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 yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know like like a deep south preacher on a bad day just after he's thrown the brimstone at you, yeah. you know, that kind of look. No, I don't like that. Aye, look. I like no. the yeah. You need yeah yeah. But yeah, so, you should do that. So put, put a bit more effort into it, a bit more thinking in advance into it. And There's do a lot like to do here. There is. I just drove by. You know where the Manil is? I don't know if you know the yes, Manil. No, so I there's do. the Houston Photography. Center, yes, so to speak. been in there a few times. How is it? Because I always drive by, can it's open to the public? Oh, yeah, it's cool. You just stroll in and meander around. They've got a decent little library, oh. you can go in and look at a bunch of photography books and just sit around. It's cool. quite cool, yeah. I need to go in there. I've been in there and looked a couple of times. It's and it's one of those things because it's a relatively modern thing, it, it promotes current photography, right? And it promotes certain modern stuff. Which is great and it's interesting. It's always interesting to look at. Right. But there's plenty of times you'll go and see an exhibition, and it'll be the same with artwork yeah, for you. It, it you, you. Sometimes you go and you go, wow. Sometimes you go and you go, huh? Exactly. Everybody, everything's different. Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, oh, they didn't speak to me. And so, like, so oh. some photography, I go, really? Okay. Yeah, really simple. You know, uh, things like um, the, the the sort of postmodernist stuff that came out of Germany. There's a photograph of a carbon silo. Okay. What? There is no story there at all. No. Or here's a photograph of a, a shopping cart in the middle of an empty parking lot. Yeah, I've seen and that. You go, what is that about? Okay. Or the most expensive photograph that's ever been sold. It's a fo- it was three million, four million bucks, something like that. What? A bu- yeah. And it's a photograph of a part of the Rhine River. So there's a bit of grass, there's a bit of river, there's a bit of grass, there's a bit of sky. That's it's, it? it's like four colour stripes. Now, to be fair to the guy that took it, I, I think it's about 18 feet long. You know, you get a very big version of it. Right. But it's millions of bucks, and you look at it and go, I'm not sure I would have even have stopped if I was driving past in the car. Wow. All of the things I think. So, but it's, it's always interesting. It's just, per- yeah, yeah, because I, we get people in here like, I have a couple of paintings that I didn't like. 90% of my paintings, I want to take them home. I love them. Right. I fall in love with my own. You'll never make money that way, taking them home. No, which I don't, but I sell them. And I'm like, yeah, you're taking a piece of my soul. But I, I'm surprised mm-hmm. when somebody goes, oh, I really like that artwork. And I'm like, okay. But mm-hmm. I, it was not a good day. Just yeah. like a photographer, you're like, okay, I like that picture. Th- the thing is, you can always make up the story afterwards. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. You'll see this on Instagram, and, and you'll also see it in art galleries, especially photography galleries. There'll be a little paragraph of words explaining what the photograph's about. Right. In my head, if you have to explain what it's about, it's not worked. Now, with pieces of art, it's a bit different, right? Because they're a bit more subjective. But a photograph of something, it's a something. It's, it's a usually, something. It's, it's usually something you can poke or you kick. Can, you can figure that so out. So if you're trying to explain the depths of your soul through a photograph of um, a shopping cart in the middle of an empty... Yes, it means loneliness. I get that. It means isolation. I get that. It could be a food desert coming back to your friends because there's, a, there's an empty trolley. It could be. I don't want to push this cart all the way back to where it goes. And it I'm it could be. I'm just up. lazy and it won't be my paintwork. <laughs> it won't be my work. Right. It's not my car's paintwork. People look at me strange because I'll actually be one of those guys that will take a trolley from the parking lot back into the store. Yeah, wow, well. Because I feel it breaks even. I I take it in, use it, bring it back out and park it. Well, you got some extra. And I think, well, I've broken even there. Broken in in there. It's like, no, I I try to park it to that little. I don't leave them out there. I actually always push them in a little thing. Oh, no, no. You're a good lass. You're a good lass. Well, I just want to say thank you. You're very well. For being here. It was so interesting. Um, I'm I'm, I'm trying in my mind thinking, okay, what am I going to call this? What am I going to title it? But I'll figure that out. But I want everybody to know 
where they can find you with your website, uh, sure. your Instagram. So tell us your Instagram. The Instagram is Brian Martin Photo, okay. all one word. Okay. And the website is martinphoto.co.uk. Okay, and I'll put all that inside the little cool. thing as well. And um, so if anybody does want to reach you for photography, are you open to that still? Are you sure. kind of like, yeah? I do it for fun though. So okay. I, I'm, I'm interested in helping people with my photography. I'm inter- so good. I'm interested in if someone needs something or could use something and, they, and it would be nice. Or even if they're into photography themselves and they'd love to have a coffee and a chat. Do that all the time. Love oh, mentoring yeah. people. Oh, yeah. You know what? That comes back. I've been doing that lately. Lately, a lot of the things I've been doing here have no no, co- no charge. Yeah. I did a couple of things last year, like how to write a book. But I was like, you know, you can Google it. Now, if you want the counseling or yeah. the consulting that's different sure but if we're just going to have coffee and talk about it i'm not even charging yeah that no that's good yeah it's just a, like a mentoring thing but if you if you're looking for a wedding or an engagement show or senior portraits you'd get the wrong guy if you're coming to me because that's there's loads of people out there make a living doing that and that's what i was going to before we wrap this up what would you call your photography i mean is it an escape than anything else. <laughs> no, but I mean, to describe, if you, you don't do weddings, you don't do oh, graduations, no. you just it's, people. It's, it's people. There's, there's only two types of photographs in the world, in, in my view. There's the beauty and there's the political. Okay. And, and my photographs are mostly about beauty in, in most of what I find, right? Whether that's a person or a place or a thing, um, it's still, it, and it can be... I mean, sports phot- photography to me is about beauty. It's about the power and the strength and the am- amazing ability of the athletes. Right. Um, but the street photography was more political. It was. There's a message to be sent there. There's a story to be told. It was There's very a cry powerful. to be shouted. I for. need to re- I need to repost some of those pictures. They were so, they were amazing. So no, I I, I photograph people, and it's yeah. funny because, oh, when I started, photographing people was a terrifying experience. Because I had to interact with humans. And you didn't want to. You didn't I, and it was like, I didn't know how to. I'm not sure I wanted to. Even even now, the type of photography I'd like to do more of would be the street photography. There's things you see me doing at We Feed HDX. Yes. But that takes a huge amount of courage for me to do. Wow, and it looks so easy for you. You made it look super easy. Fake it till you make it. Oh, kind say. of, yeah. But it was just, I don't know. I, I really like them. And I like the depth of the... Of the you know, I'm, there's one right now before we call this a day right here, wrap it up. But there's a guy who's going through his bag. And I mean, just the look on his face. Like yeah. He was so appreciative he of was. the things that he was getting that afternoon from us. And um, we pulled that stuff together relatively. So what was he getting? He was, he was getting recognition as much as anything else. Someone cared. Yeah. we. Someone that. actually said, you matter. And we need that. Oh, more than anything in this world. And you travel a more lot around anything. the world, so you know. I do. So everything from street cows in India to the people of Kuala Lumpur to whatever else. Um, we need recognize your fellow human. We need to. People people don't understand that. It's. Um, I, I want to go make sure we're going over, but it's um, so important to connect the dots on the human landscape. I say that over and over yeah. again. People are probably tired of hearing it, but yes, we have to continue to do that. Okay. So, Brian, thank you so much for You're being welcome, here. Um, and if you have any questions, you can reach me um, at metalfingerhappiness at gmail.com. And, of course, Brian will have all his stuff that we can contact him. And just have a super day, everybody. Thank you for being here. Peace out. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>